Morning, everybody. Here we go. Here we go. I feel like we're sort of singing. Here we go, here we go, here we go. So David Cameron's vowed to provide access to a GP seven days a week. Isn't that exactly what you want to hear? If you're an elderly person, you think seven days a week, access to a GP. Absolutely brilliant idea. Josie Cunningham's had a baby, and that's the last you'll hear about her on this programme. Dave Lee Travers, four people complained for that his uh, suspended sentence was too soft, so they've referred it again which is interesting. Uh, Linda Bellingham's husband prays that she gets to see Christmas and Angelina Jolie gives Brad Pitt one of the best wedding gifts you've ever given anybody in your life. I'll tell you what it is in a moment. All of that and more on LBC with me, Steve Allen, for early breakfast and you're very welcome. And the good news is I get the car back today, so I'm very happy about that, very happy. Got a bit wet yesterday. I went out, I got carried away yesterday. I don't know what, when I say carried away, I was, I, I went out there and I thought... I wanted to go out and I wanted to get a coat, but I wanted, um, I didn't know what I wanted. I first of all thought I wanted a jean jacket. And then somebody said, don't be so silly at your age, a jean jacket's going to look ridiculous. I said, well, it's all right for status quo. And uh, that didn't work either. So I decided to go to Bentall's, the Bentall Centre, because they've got lots of clothes there for, for young, trendy people. Little did I realise how embarrassing this journey was about to prove. So I'm wandering around, and I'm the same as anybody else. You know, when blokes go shopping, we we go shopping, and I, I don't go out specifically with something in mind. If I see something I like the look of, most of it's too small. I mean, now I am of the fuller figure. Most of this stuff is too small. So I'm wandering around, and I see a couple of things, and, of course, assistants don't even... They, they just think I'm some sort of ancient shoplifter. So people don't bother with me at all. Nobody ever rushes over to go, can I help you, because they know damn well the clothes don't fit. Little did I realise just how blatant they can be. So I find this particular coat. It was like a camel coat. Three-quarter length, quite nice, and had nice wide lapel. So I look through for the biggest size I've got, which is XL. So I put it at the front, and I've got my, my sort of jacket on, and this bloke sort of comes over, he says, um, they're quite snug-fitting. So I thought, OK, they're quite snug-fitting. And he said, I'll show you just what I mean. He said, to save you trying it on. I thought, obviously, obviously, he doesn't think I'm going to fit into this coat. Which is exactly what he was saying. He was just basically, I think he thought I was shoplifting it. Seriously. It was about £300, this thing. £320. And I thought, I can afford £320. Not every month, but I can afford to do it this month. And, um, and so he, he put it on. I said, oh, what, what, what size are you around, around the chest? He said, I'm 42. I thought, right, OK. So I'm a little bit bigger than that. You know, a bit of 46. And, um, well, you know, sometimes you know, a little bit better than that would be good. So um, he, he said, you can see how, how tight it would be on you. Well, I nearly hit him. I nearly hit, I couldn't believe somebody was actually that blatant about saying, Oi, fatty, we don't have clothes for you. Now, off you go. So I sort of, I went, oh, thank you. Being all sort of meek and mild. As I say, I, I, I would have hit him if I'd had the presence of mind, but I was carrying some packages as well. So I sort of, uh, I thought, OK, I, I, I shan't bother. So I sort of, so what, what you do, as opposed to being embarrassed and walking straight out in a, in a fit of tears, I sort of wandered round a bit of the other department and then gradually sidled out through the makeup department and sort of disappeared. And I thought, it's no good, Stephen. You've got to go to Marks and Spencer's. It's the only place for you. That's the only place that caters for fat gits like you who can't fit into anything else. So I go to Marks and Spencer's and, uh, and, I, and I see a lovely coat. And it's, it's not camel, so I've immediately moved away from camel for some reason. Um, 
and, and it's quite nice. It's got big, big wide lapels, and I put it on. It's a 46. And I put it on, and it's really nice. It's really... So I thought, I'm going to buy it. Because it looks like... You know when you get a coat, and you can wrap it round you, and you feel a bit like it's mink, but it's not. And... Uh, which reminds me of a film, actually, I think, called Make Mine Mink, which was about a gang of coat thieves. It's very good, actually. It's a very old film from about the 1950s, uh, 60s, I think. Anyway, so, so I see this coat, and it's £175. So I buy it. I work on the assumption I've saved money, you know, so why not? And then I buy a couple of films. I buy The Wolf of Wall Street and I buy The Budapest Hotel. They were on special offer at six ninety nine each, so I bought those. And then I see Clinton's in the mental centre and I thought, oh, what if they've got my, my Yankee candle, but in, what's it called? It's something like salted caramel. Oh, it smells delicious. There's either two smells that get me. I mean, I'm quite fussy about shower gels and stuff like that. But this particular one, it smells like butterscotch. Oh, I love the smell of butterscotch. So they had them in there. They were sixteen ninety nine a candle. So I thought, I'll buy two. Because they seem to last forever and a day. Anyway, so I, I buy two candles. She goes, oh, it's it's sixteen ninety nine. I said, what, well, for both? She said, yeah, buy one, get one free. I said, I can't believe it. I said, my day has just turned into something... Re- I've saved over £100 on the coat. I've saved 16 99 on the candles. And I've saved money on the DVDs. So I walked out of the Bentall Centre and the heavens opened. I got completely drenched and my hair was ruined. So, you know, the happiness that I'd had installed in me, kind of, you know, because when you get back in the car, you can see the steam rising from your body, can't you? Because I always put the air conditioning on. I live in air conditioning. I cannot survive without air conditioning. And so I sit there, and I get back home, and I thought, what shall I have for tea? What shall I have for tea? So I went into Marks and Spencer's, and I bought a piece of sirloin steak, which I had with uh, some um, um, mushroom sauce, which was delicious, and on uh, egg noodles. Sounds a bit of a bizarre combination, but I promise you it was particularly tasty. Even by, I mean, it's not difficult to do. You just fry, fry the steak in the frying pan. I cut it into little chunks. Uh, and then you put in the noodles on the top, then I poured the sauce over and then stuck the lid on. Oh, delicious. The washing machine's still playing up again, I'm afraid. At the moment, it's sort of slowly filling by itself. I don't know what the dickens that means, apart from it's slowly filling by itself. So, in other words, you, I've, I've sort of whizzed stuff around, and, uh, and it was all dry, and then I put my hand in again, and it's gone wet again. So it's obviously, some, it's obviously drawing water from somewhere. I don't know where it's getting it from. Perhaps there's a washing machine expert listening. Uh, Warren says, my house is fully air-conditioned. Fantastic. I know. I cannot move without... I've got fans everywhere. And I mean not just radio fans, but I've got actually fans in the house. Huge round of applause for Steve Allen. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, that um, story about uh, Dave Lee Travers is very interesting when you consider that he was given a suspended sentence, three months suspended, for a, th- a three-month sentence suspended for 18 months, I think, something like that, and, um, and then four people complained, and so they've now referred it back, and he could go to prison, because four people... It's amazing how four people... I don't know who these four people are. I've got no... One of them might even have been the, uh, the person concerned, the celebrity female concerned. I don't know. Uh, James Locke, the uh, shame Towie star, fesses up to his mistakes. Another complete bozo, I'm afraid. In the same line as Mario Falcone. You know, Mario and his uh, dirty little internet sordid escapade. And then I believe there was uh, allegations of cocaine. I think with James Locke there were allegations of ketamine. I mean, what a fool. What a complete buffoon, really. If I was running the programme, I'd have them out straight away. None of this going back again. I'd have a clean sweep through that show. I really would. There's more, there's more you know, roughness going on there than anywhere else. 
Ridiculous. Uh, I guess alcohol can be absorbed through the skin, but lots of Muslims seem to drink alcohol, Steve. Well, I know. I know this because I know some Muslims who drink alcohol. The, especially the young boys. Especially the young boys. They, um... There's, there's lots of drinking clubs. And apparently I'm led to believe in certain parts of the world. I wouldn't like to state exactly which ones. But the booze turns up on a Friday night in a brown paper bag. Open the door, money changes hands, booze coming in. Lots of Muslims drink. I know they're not supposed to drink, but there again, you know, we're not supposed to do certain things, but people do it. And a lot of Muslims drink. You want to come round here in the morning? You want to see drunk boys and girls? Oh, dear me. I tell you, this this would be... A, you'd have a field day. If you brought their parents here, you'd go, that's your son over there, drunk as a skunk. You see them on the television. Muslim boys arrested in Slough on the police interceptor programmes for doing drugs. So let's not have all this codswallop about, you know, we don't do this, we don't do that. There are certain sections of every community that do everything. It's as simple as that. You know, it's... You know, this idea of the alcohol wipes is ludicrous. I've never heard of anybody who sucked the alcohol out of an alcohol wipe. That would just be ridiculous, wouldn't it? And it's sealed as well. It comes in a little packet. Because I don't think I've found a Kentucky Fried Chicken that's not halal. Every single one is halal, unless you live in a part of the country where you don't have a, a predominantly Muslim community, in which case it might not be halal. But down in London, I don't think I've found one that isn't. Our one in Twickenham's halal. Everything's halal. The fish and chip shop's halal. I'm surprised the wimpy bar's not halal, but everything's everything's halal now. Uh, eight four eight four, sorry, eight four eight five zero. Steve at lbc.co.uk. Yes, I just re-signed for that, Warren. Only for a month. So I'm just enjoying my cup of coffee this morning. It's my second cup of coffee. I forgot to ask you, James. You're cold gone now. Oh, it's still going. Oh, he didn't mention it this morning. He's, uh, it's, it's, not, it's not gone, has it? Did you have a hot bath last night? And a Lemsip as well. You see, I don't think Lemsips do anything at all. I really do. You think they're good, do you? Why don't you just... i tell you what's really good for you. And you should have asked me, because we could have done you some uh, Manuka honey in a, in a glass of hot water. You know, that would have been quite nice. Or failing that, when you, you should have asked me, because I could have got you some lemons from Paul Cooper's shop, and you could have just squeezed them into a cup of hot water and just drunk that overnight. And I promise you, that would make you feel better than any silly lemsips or anything else. Garlic and ginger, yeah, yeah. Actually, we saw the biggest piece of ginger came into Paul Cooper's shop the other day. I promise you, it was about a foot. But, and oh, it looked beautiful. So we took a picture of it. I didn't take the picture. Um, yes, and I, I agree with you about Nick. It's the voice, Warren. It's the voice. Sorry, we're having two conversations here, as you can well imagine. Uh, I will try that one. Thank you. I shall recommend it to James as well, because he needs something to pull himself out of this doldrum he's in at the moment. This sort of, you know, I don't feel very well. I was sort of hot. I said to him yesterday, if you've got a cold, a sauna is a very, very good thing to have, because that sweats it out of you, and you feel a lot better about life. But also, I think, if you're feeling a little bit run down, colds then kind of prey on your mind a little bit. So not uh, not not too bright this morning. He's okay. He's coping. You know, if he's and he's smiling. If he falls off his chair, I shall I'll let you know. I have to go and rescue him and sort of prop him up a little bit. Uh, right, quick t- quick time check for you. Quarter past four. Nick Ferrari and the team this morning at breakfast. Nick will be talking to David Cameron live from the Conservative Party conference, asking the question, are the Tories really a party of law and order? There's updates on the latest in Hong Kong. Nick will be asking, how can we tackle the troubling issue of child trafficking? Andrew Pearce 
looking at the papers today for Nick. That all kicks off at seven after Lisa Aziz with the morning news. Uh, a lot of advice on the washing machine. Somebody saying it's the valve at the back, which is it's only a little bit. It's only letting in a little bit because what I've discovered, easy thing to do is just put it onto the uh, the spin cycle and it just drains it out. And so uh, so that's it. It's funny, actually, because I've had it for donkey's years, this, this washer-dryer, and it doesn't appear to have uh, had any problems up until now. It seems to work perfectly well. So I think now might be the time to actually change it and buy a new machine, which I don't mind. Do you remember that burglar who went up the tree who caused misery for loads and loads of people over a train line? He climbed up a tree and he was up there for 17 hours. He halted 783 rail services. I'd have, I'd have pushed him out the tree. I'm sorry, I don't know why we stand for these idiots. This is some bloke here. He's, uh, he's called Carlton Andre. They reckon it cost half a million pounds because all the trains that were cancelled or delayed. Um, he's got 20 previous convictions. I'd have shot him with a dart. I'd have had him out. The, why on earth do we put up with these idiots? I mean, this is the man who'd used an angle grinder to cut open shutters at a curry store in Charlton, south-east London, causing £1,500 worth of uh, damage. He'd also tried to escape on a motorbike, which he'd stolen weeks before. I mean, the man's an idiot. An idiot. You know, so here, the the cost of the incident estimated at £490,000. And so they've sent him away for how long? They've just said he's been jailed for 18 months. Oh, good. Why can't we just keep him in there permanently? Just give him a little injection and he just disappears from sight. 17 hours we sat there talking to him up a tree. <laughs> there you go. Solved that problem, didn't it? Dart him. Get him down. He just collapses, you know. He won't want to sit up. They must, these people must be laughing at our police force. The police force must be standing there going, why can't we dart him? I reckon that's what they'd be saying. Yeah, they're all perfectly normal people. There was another person as well who was in the, in the papers today... And uh, this one was in the uh, the papers the other day, and I think we mentioned it on the programme. This was an internet troll. I love finding internet trolls, because once you get them into court, or you get the police to go around and visit them, oh, they collapse like a pack of cards, ladies and gentlemen. You've never seen one. This one, I believe, has got a one-year-old son. A one-year-old son. And uh, he made the papers because he targeted an MP. I'll bring you the, I'll bring you the whole story in a... In a sec, once I've found it. The only reason I, I want to make sure I get it right is the fact that he was... Oh, there's another story about... Have you heard of this one before? Somebody gets on a bus in Leeds, Gerard Murphy, and uh, he went to buy a £14 weekly pass and uh, took, he tried to pay with a £50 note. After two miles, the driver deemed the note dodgy, turfed him off the bus. Jobless Gerard, who lives in the city, said the note was real, adding, we're not all thieves. He's jobless and he's got a £50 note. Can I be jobless? Can I be jobless too? What is he doing? What is he doing? He's jobless and he's got a, a £50 note. God, we're, we're suckers, aren't we? Here is the internet troll. His name's Peter Nunn. Peter Nunn was the one who threatened to rape Labour MP Stella Creasy. And uh, he called her a witch after she defended feminist Caroline... Criado Perez. He was targeted by trolls after a campaign to put Jane Austen on British banknotes. Dad of one, Peter Nunn of Bristol, I emphasise the name because quite clearly the man's got quite a few screws loose, has been jailed and giving, given a restraining order. He says it was meant to be a joke and satire. What, threatening to rape somebody? Threatening to rape somebody? You are stupid, aren't you? Peter Nunn of Bristol, father of one, 
What a buffoon. 18 weeks in prison. 18 weeks. That's good, isn't it? How many months is that? Five months? Five, uh, five, four, yeah, just under five months. Oh, I'd have sent him in for five years, teach him a lesson. Stupid man. Stupid man. And it was meant to be a joke and satire. Joke's on you, girly boy, isn't it? You'll be enjoying life inside. You'll probably like it in there. There's all sorts of people like you. You'll absolutely love it. Ridiculous, isn't it? So I'm glad we found him. So he comes from Bristol. Luckily, that's far enough away from me for me not to have to worry about anything. I'm a bit bored with Lizzie Pattinson. She's in all the papers today. Who is she? She's a nobody. She turns out to be Robert Pattinson's sister, and she's on The X Factor. So apparently she's asked her famous brother, Robert, how to choose her songs. Too much publicity, darling. OK, goodbye. Go now. Go now. My bruv picks my songs. Nothing like trading on the family, is the dear? I don't remember you being that particularly good. I don't remember you being that particularly good. And there's somebody here. This is Emmerdale's Vanessa Woodfield. I've got no idea who she is. No idea. They say the, the, the soap star on character's turbulent love life. I'd never fall for a teen like Vanessa, says Michelle Hardwick. I, I'm sorry, I don't no idea who you are. You're in Emmerdale. You've obviously not made any impact on me whatsoever because I think I'm not a regular viewer, but, I mean, I do watch quite a bit of it. And, um, and again, she's one of these people, they, they, they sort of, they had to try and think of some way of getting publicity for the series. So they put somebody up who nobody's ever heard of. I've never heard of her. In fact, looking at the picture of her, I've got no idea who she is. Which is even more embarrassing. It might help if we knew who you were. But you do get lots of coverage in the papers today, which is great. Uh, the Shame Towie star, James Locke, convicted of possessing ketamine this year, hopes other cast members learn from his and Mario Falcone's mistakes. They're not as stupid as you, James, are they? That's why they didn't appear in court. That's why you, Donut, appeared in court. James was suspended. Mario was also temporarily kicked off the show. Following claims in The Sun on Sunday, he snorted cocaine. James says, I hope everybody else will learn from mine and Mario's mistake. They're much more intelligent than you are, James. You're the thicko. You're the stupid one. That's why nobody else is up in court. Because you're the stupid one. You're the immature one. You're the one with a few issues. He says, it should be a big wake-up call. Nobody's bigger than the show. Who are you, who are you talking to, love? Who are you talking to? Talking to yourself, are you? I was embarrassed and my family were embarrassed of me. Of course they are. You're stupid. He says, half of my family are in the police. It's done now. It's all behind me and I've got to look to the future. Stupid boy. You really are a plank, aren't you? What a se- I love the way he sort of says, I'd like other people to learn from my mistakes. They're not appearing in court, are they, anytime soon? Just you, love. Just you. You're the stupid one. God, blimey. 84850, steve at uh, Beverly says, on Linda. Says, very brave woman. This is Linda Bellingham. I didn't realise how ill she was. Yeah, it's terminal. It's terminal. She'll, she'll be dead by... Well, she hopes she's going to make it through Christmas. Her husband's in the papers today saying, I hope she makes it through Christmas. And the, there must have been some prognosis. They can tell almost to the, to the day when somebody's life will end, because they can see how fast it's, uh, it's progressing through the body. So they know that. She said she wants to, you know, to make it through Christmas. She might not make it through Christmas. I mean, she hopes she will. Her husband hopes she will. He's in the papers today saying how awful it is. He says, the good Lord is going to take her. It'll leave such a hole in my life. It's, uh, I said yesterday, when we read Linda's story, and everybody knows who Linda is, even people who don't really know they've seen her on Loose Women, 
And uh, they were hoping to put a phone call into her yesterday, capitalising on the fact that she was on the programme, and then they dropped her from the programme. And now, of course, they're trying to make up. Oh, no, we really like her. I could tell you story. Linda told me stories about loose women. <laughs> make your hair curl, let me tell you. Make your hair curl. And so they, they, now they all start backtracking. Oh, we really love Linda and all the rest of it. Hoping to put in a phone call to her. But, of course, she was having chemo and she wasn't quite well enough. But uh, she was on. In conversation, only a short while ago. I'd forgotten, actually. And uh, we had a good old chat about loose women, didn't we? Oh, yes. Off mic and on mic as well, which is all very useful. And uh, so I hope she, she gets the other side of Christmas. I know what it's like, though. They do say when, when my brother was married to his first wife, her mother was dying of cancer and we were all there for Christmas. And they'd said she won't see Christmas Day. And she died Christmas Eve. And... Um, it's, you know, it was very debilitating. Uh, I don't know what sort of cancer she had, but I just know that when you saw it in bed, you wouldn't have even have known there was somebody in there. They just, I mean, she was a thin person anyway, but you just saw a head on the pillow. That was it. The rest of it, the bed was nearly flat. You know, and it was, it's very disheartening, very disheartening. I saw her breathe her last and uh, it was that. So I went upstairs and we always, we were downstairs Christmas Eve and uh, every so often we were popping upstairs because she was, she was unconscious most of the time, and uh, popped upstairs, just had a look in, just to make sure she was still breathing. And on this particular occasion, I went upstairs to go to the loo, look, looked at the, at the bed, and there was this big breath. And then it went very quiet. And I thought, I think she's just died. I think she's just died. I'm glad I was there, because I think somebody should always be there for somebody when they die, so you're not there by yourself. Linda's going to be surrounded by love and family and everything else, and, and hopefully, you know, if you're in a similar situation, you know, everybody is aware of how it works, of what goes on, the Macmillan nurses and the, and the backup is, is there for people to let you know how you cope with it. And I don't think anybody should ever be alone when they die, so I was quite glad that I was there for, for her for that brief moment. And then I went downstairs, and I remember saying, saying to my dad, I think she's just died. So he went up there and he checked. He said, yeah. So then we have, you have to call the doctor and then the doctor comes around and issues the certificate. And then you have to, it's, it's just, a, it's, you just go through a process. You go through in like a blur. You go through in like a blur and it will be the same for, for Michael and for, and for Linda. But she's got the love of a family. And of course, because she's in showbiz, she's got the love of loads of people. Loads of people. Everybody's talking about it. She's on, you know, it's, it's the best way to go. But as I said yesterday... She gets the newspapers because she's got the high profile. She is Linda Bellingham. You know her from, from the comedy programmes. You know her from the dramas. You know her from the OXO. You know her from Loose Women. You know her. You might not know her, know her, but you know of her. And she represents, she is this figure at the moment who represents all the other people who've got terminal cancer, who are going through, whose families are, are going through exactly the same that her family are going through. You're going to have to face up to a loss and it lives with you for a long time and it's not easy. And I don't care what anybody says. You know, as I was explaining yesterday, people would say, you'll get over it. You bloody well don't get over it. All these years after my mother died, I still don't get over it. After my father died, I still don't get over it. You don't stop thinking about them. You think about them all the time. And that's what keeps you going. That's the bit that keeps you going. That's the bit that takes you onto the, onto the next stage. So, you know, no matter what she says, you know, I hope Michael finds another woman. He won't for a long, 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 long while because you hold dear the memories that you had of somebody who we think is one of our own. 
We all know Linda Bellingham. We hope and pray that she gets through Christmas and that she, you know, it might be her last Christmas. It doesn't matter. Well, it will be her last Christmas. But it doesn't matter, does it? It's the fact that she's got to get through it. If there is such a thing as a god up there, and I'm not totally convinced by it, I don't actually have a, a belief. I like to think I have a belief, but at times it kind of gets challenged just a little tiny bit. So we wish her the best. And uh, not so much poor Linda, as Michael says, but uh, much adored Linda. LBC Newstime, 4.30. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. 25 minutes to five. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast on LBC. Apparently, finding your perfect match. Finding your perfect match. Uh, and this is... What, what you have to do is find out whether a potential partner likes scary films. Scary films. Apparently so. And whether they've ever travelled to a foreign country alone is the best prediction of a compatibility. Wow. So, in other words, do you like scary films? Yes. Have you ever travelled alone to another country? Yes. I love you. I think that's quite nice, isn't it? <laughs> Apparently, in the long term, couples... Uh, this, this is a, a, a website. I'm not going to tell you who it is because it's stupid, isn't it? It's just free publicity for them. And uh, apparently women prefer dates who are a similar age to them, whereas men of all ages preferred a woman to be in her 20s. Oh, they're only dealing with heterosexuals. That's a bit dull, isn't it, really? Who cares? Who cares? I mean, it's not that difficult to find people. Just walk outside this door, you can find people any night of the week. Most of them are face down in the gutter, or they've fallen into a flower bed. <laughs> an appealing look. You know, oh, look, there's some legs sticking up outside the flower bed. Yep, she's drunk again, I'm afraid. <laughs> and if you're living in the city, you shouldn't have more than one cat. You shouldn't have more than one cat. Any more than one, it's cruel, apparently. Because cats, you shouldn't... I don't know. They say we're overrun in the city with, uh, with cats. I don't know. I've had cats. We've had a dog. I don't know what I'd want, actually, now, given the choice. Would I want cats or a dog? A friend of mine's got two cats. She loves her cats. She absolutely adores them. You'd have a dog, would you, James? Yeah, James, what sort of dog would you have? That's an indicator. It's whether... A Jack Russell. OK, Jack Russells are quite good, aren't they? They're quite yappy. They're quite yappy. But, uh, no, it, uh, I saw... They, they did this Housewives of Beverly Hills again. They have vile old Botox bags. They really are. In fact, most of these people are so atrocious. But in the case of one of them, they're an English couple. I think she's got restaurants, and their house is quite swish. Compared to some of them, which look like just very average, sort of low-level bungalow-type places. And uh, they've all got the bleach blonde hair, and they all think they're sort of really super-duper. But in fact, they're a bit trash. Um, but the other day, the English couple over there... He, he looks he looks so he's on his last legs, but he looks quite sweet. I quite like them. And she, she's got a little dog, and she dresses it up. You know, there you are, in, in Los Angeles, you know, and it's so hot out there. And this thing's got a little sort of thing on with little things that go down its legs and everything else. I hate people who dress dogs up. I really do. I think, you know, they don't need coats. They've got coats. It's like, you know, lions in the zoo. But they're freezing in the middle of winter. Let's knit it a jumper. Let's not. Let's not. Let's not bother. Oh, the giraffe looks cold. Let's make it a little waistcoat. No, let's leave it alone. And people who dress dogs up, it's like people who dye them. I'd have them hanging from gibbets, ladies and gentlemen, from here to Walthamstow. Anybody who dyes their dog, has it cut in a peculiar way or dresses it up, they don't want to be dressed up. You imagine walking down the road and the other dogs are going, what do you look like? Because I think dogs talk to each other. You know, when they go over and sniff bits... And um, and he's probably saying, what are you wearing? They're going, I don't know, she's drenched me in Chanel. Pugh. You smell like a right poof. 
you know, and you sort of, you sort of think to yourself, these poor dogs, they've got little outfits, little diamante collars, and even worse, celebrities that hold them. Who's the celebrity who's got a rabbit? Is it Cara Delevingne? She takes a rabbit out. Stupid woman. Stupid. Where's the RSPCA when you need them? You don't walk through town with a rabbit. Never heard of anything like it. But dressing dogs up. Oh, ghastly. Like, they just don't want to be dressed up, I'm afraid. They don't have any choice because they can't speak to you. But if they could, they'd be taking out a death warrant against you. They really would. Sainsbury's have started a price war, changing the subject completely. For those motorists out there at the moment who are desperately worried about how expensive petrol is, they're going to slash 5p a litre off the cost of their petrol. It's going to be greeted with uh, delight by motorists, and then they hope that uh, everybody else will uh, reduce theirs, as does confirmed after the Sainsbury's announcement they will reduce the petrol by a penny a litre. Well, not very exciting. What's a penny compared to up to 5p? Tesco has said they'll drop up to five pence a litre from the cost of its petrol and diesel. And uh, an AA spokesman said a 5p cut in the price of petrol, uh, lopping £2.50 off the cost of filling a typical fuel tank, will be particularly welcome to families getting back to school runs and onto the autumn routine. Right. There we go. I'm assuming that the way that you get the discount is you've got to spend money in the store. So, in other words, if you spend over £50, you get up to 5p off, and you then have to take your receipt in and show it. I'm assuming that's how it works. I can't see they're just going to sort of hand out 5p off. Because I've only ever filled my car up a couple of times from one of those supermarket car parts, because I'd rather get a graded petrol. I'd rather get proper petrol as opposed to petrol, which isn't quite as good enough for my car. I'm a little bit fussy about things like that. I know it's nothing to worry about. I know it's, you know, just grow up, for goodness sake, get a life. But uh, you don't see many Bentleys and uh, Anages and Ferraris pulling up at Sainsbury's or Asda, do you? It's mainly sort of, you know, people on the school run. Can't bear the school run. David Lee Travers could be facing this uh, tougher sentencing. What they've done is, because four people complained about the, the sentencing, uh, the suspended prison sentence, they've now gone back to the Attorney General... Four complaints is all it took. Just four people can check. I've never heard of anything like it. So four people who might or might not be involved in this case can actually um, can actually go and complain. And they go, OK, we'll actually refer it back to the Attorney General. I mean, I don't know. It was such a... I don't know. I'm in two minds over this one. I think, you know, damn if you do and damn if you don't. It was a long, long time ago. Uh, the person has gone on to have a very successful career, very successful career. I think I've even spoken to them as well, so they're that successful. And, um, you know, as far as I know, I don't know what lasting damage that they suffer, and I don't know sending him to prison whether that would actually solve anything or anything like that. So I don't really think he's not done anything since then. Perhaps it was just something that he did when he was younger and he got away with it. I don't know. As everybody keeps saying to me, Steve, it was different times. It was different times. I said, <clears throat> certainly wasn't when I started the business. I don't remember anybody coming up and sort of, well, don't like it. But as I say, she's gone on to have, to have a very, very successful career. She's a very successful person. She seems very grounded. And I certainly didn't know anything about it when I spoke to her. Nothing at all. But I wonder, really, because he was... David Lee Travers was cleared of 12 other assaults. I mean, had this been... 12 found guilty. I could have understood it, but it was 12 not found guilty. Not found guilty at all. So, I wonder really whether or not it's going to make any any difference, whether it goes back to the Attorney General. He's going to say, no, it stands as it is. I'm not sure that you can go back on a sentence, can you, if you think it's sounding a bit like the X Factor, isn't it? Where they seem to change the rules as they go along. I don't know. Uh, Dan says, my latest piece just for the girls... Danny's going on my left arm in the next day or two. It's, it's tattoos, incidentally. There you go. 
Is that your arm or your leg? <laughs> I can't tell. Is it an arm or a leg, James? James doesn't know it. He thinks it's what? Back of the leg. You think it's back of the leg? He thinks it's back of the leg. There you go. It says left forearm. What do you know? Hopeless. Was chatting to Noreen, who's on the verge of getting her first tattoo done. We've decided to try and drag you along for a Winnie the Pooh piece. Winnie the I quite like the idea of having a Winnie the Pooh tattoo. But it hurts. I don't want pain, I'm afraid. Not at my time of life. I've got enough going on in my body without having to worry about things like that. Thank you very much indeed. And uh, a sauna, says Lee, does not sweat a cold out of you. Worked a million times for me. The amount of times I would leave the studio with a cold and I'd go and sit in a sauna and sweat it out. It's wonderful. It worked for me every single time. But then different people have different things, don't they? Different people like different things. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Chris is uh, doing night shifts at work. He says, I always look forward to the 0400 hour. There you go. Me too. Me too. I look forward to the 0400. So I spent, yes, I'm going to spend a lot of money this month. I've just realised. We seem to be spent, because I've got the car to pay for today. Uh, that'll go on a credit card so we can space the payments out. I'm quite, I'm, I'm quite good with money, actually. I'm actually, I've got better as the years have gone by. I'm quite, I'm quite economical. I'm quite, you know, I, I do like, I mean, I'm not one of these people who goes out and spends loads of money. Luckily, I don't smoke. My only downfall is the fact that I do drink Prosecco. And that's the only thing I'm buying. I mean, I do have other drink at home, but Prosecco is my, is my favourite drink. I'll probably go off it shortly. I don't know. I seem to go through a phase of having different things. But I'm, I'm luckily not one of these people who goes and wastes money buying all sorts of things. I do buy DVDs. If I had a downfall, it would be DVDs. I could quite happily have a room just full of DVDs. Literally, a, an entire room with shelves covered in DVDs. Books I quite like as well, but not as much as I like my DVDs. I've started looking at these uh, these see-through packing cases. They're beginning to look... It's just like a big plastic box. And you you can have them stacked up in the court. Well, I could fill loads of them. Seriously, I mean, I'm I'm absolutely terrible for stuff like that. But I, I quite like it, actually. Uh, a little cool feature. Your phone will flash when you get a message or notification... Works even better. My uh, my phones always flash when I get a message. I got um, on my last phone. People say, "Oh, that's cool, isn't it?" I said, "Yes." He says, uh, "Wait a minute. Go to settings. Accessible. We'll have to do this during the break. Actually, oh, we've got a break coming up. How exciting! We could do that, can't we? We can we can go go to settings and can, we can put the light on, which means that every time your phone rings, it flashes the light. Looks like they're taking a picture of you. Hold back. Quarter to five. <laughs> Morning, everybody. 12 minutes to uh, 5. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's LBC. It's dark. It's dark outside. It's very gloomy. It's like that line from Mary Poppins. Oh, it's awfully dark and gloomy up there. There now. That's what you call the doorway to a place of enchantment. Then they go up on the roof with those barking mad chimney sweeps and fireworks going off all over the place. Do you know I found two rockets the other day in my flat? I think perhaps they might have gone off. Do you think that rockets go off? I don't want them to explode. I've had trouble with things like that before. So today, I think, is the day the rockets have to go. I think we have to sort of empty them out, just in case. I don't want to ignite anything. Yeah, got to do it very carefully. Because I don't want the heating to go on all of a sudden, me to sort of set fire to rockets in the hallway. That's not very clever, is it? Uh, Vanessa is the vet, Steve, who thought she loved Paddy's wife, got her drugs, accidentally killed a horse, and is now dating a 17-year-old. Oh, right. 
I'm still none the wiser, I'm afraid. None the wiser at all. Uh, little Julie, no, I'm not. No, I think twice is quite enough. Don't you? Twice is I think twice is, is quite enough. Tom says, I wouldn't put up with these people in stores that won't tell us we're fat, but they imply it. So do what I did, Steve. I joined a new group called Fatties United. So now when these people give me a hard time, I say to them, yes, I can well imagine, yes, I would probably say the same thing as well. It is awful. I mean, it's the first time anybody's ever said anything to me. It's the first time I've ever felt slightly uncomfortable whilst uh, whilst buying clothes. Well, I didn't. I ended up going back to my good old standby. Uh, the woman you're talking about, Steve, in the Hollywood Wives is called Lisa Vanderpump. Her dog, I think he's called Wiggy, is dressed because it has alopecia and hence little or no hair. And the alternative would be to covered in cream as a barrier against Hollywood sun. No, this one's, this is a hairy little dog. This is a little tiny, um, tiny, it's got loads of hair. It's like a, chi- no, it's not a chihuahua, but it's, it's, no, it's not a shih tzu. It's a, it looks like, I don't know what it is. It's like a small, it's definitely got hair on it definitely got hair it doesn't have lots of hair but also if if he's got alopecia why would you put wool on his skin that'd be the last thing you'd want to put on there god if ever there was an irritant and how how would a dog tell you but uh, she's got she's got restaurants hasn't she somebody said she's got restaurants so that's all all i know about her uh but uh, it's still good actually it is, it is good. Uh, here, when I go to the sauna, it's very busy. I put Olbersoil on the coals and everybody runs outside, says CJ. Oh, dear. Dreadful. Uh, Sam said, went to Clinton's today to get my Cliff Richard calendar and they've banned it. Have they? What for? Why would they ban his calendar? Just ridiculous. I would write to the managing director and complain bitterly. Ian says, if I could have a pet, it would either be, uh, um... Uh, an English bull terrier. What kind of person am I? Sad? I don't know. I don't know. Bull terriers. I don't know. You see, I think you need to see a dog. The dog's got to like you. The dog's got to like you. And that's why, you know, I, th- I mean, I quite... Fa- What's that one on the television at the moment? Was that-, that was a Jack Russell. They're quite nice, aren't they? Don't they go ferreting for rabbits, though, or something like that? Do you remember there was that picture in the paper the other day of the dog that had fallen down a rabbit hole and it survived by eating slugs? Uh, 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 uh. That was one of those little dogs that this woman's got in this programme. Doesn't help, does it? Uh, David says, DLT's real punishment is the damage to his reputation and the months of stress it caused him and his family, plus the heavy financial costs. Yes, uh, it is the financial. He's had to sell his house, everything. Really. Uh, Jay in East London says you should check out the... Listen, you can't tell me anything about the housewives. I've seen all the programmes. I was the one who started this craze. I started the craze here of um, of the housewives of Orange County. But they look dated now compared to some of these other old baggages. I don't know where they found them for, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm gripped. I'm even more fascinated by every time they get together in a room and they have that bloke who sits in the middle he goes well Nina you did this and so and so I never did I never did because that's the housewives of Atlanta it's uh, it's very good actually it's I mean I love all of the programs the best one was the housewives of New York where they were all they were all divas they were all they were all just ghastly nobody likes everybody some of them have really got they've got such issues some of these people and obviously money is a big thing and yet they go out to the to the worst the worst places you know, because obviously, if you're a really upmarket restaurant, you don't want a film crew trailing in. With a few, they, they went to Vegas the other day, and they were staying at one of the hotels, and it was quite nice. And then again, it gets into an argument over who said what and why they did this. And uh, they quite clearly haven't been out half the time. They seem to have been cocooned, cocooned. 
84850steve at lbc.co.uk. And uh, somebody says, I went to a store trying on coats and Macs and I was escorted off the premises. Yes, I mean, I, I just I just can't believe, actually, that somebody sort of said, you know, these, these coats aren't really for you. <laughs> You're not going to fit into it. They don't go. Bridget says the dog's name is Jiggy. Is it Jiggy? <laughs> I'm very careful with money, says Anna. I don't even like spending money on carrier bags. Oh, I don't bother about carrier bags. I couldn't care less. I really couldn't get five pence. I'm not going to lose sleep over, over 5p. I really am not. Uh, more on uh, Asher's parents telling their story. The final insult, the police chief, who said, we were the biggest threat to Asher. They boo-booed on this one so badly. The hospital at Southampton General Hospital and the police cocked up big time. Real big time. You know, if ever you wanted to turn the public against you for making a decision like this, you've successfully done it. More on this volcano. And uh, it's still, they're still asking the question, which I asked the other day. When this volcano erupted, I said, didn't they have any, anything in place to let them know that it was about to erupt? Around every volcano, as far as I'm aware, there's one in the middle of, I can't remember, it's in the middle of the desert or something. And this is 24 hours a day. It's, act- it's a, a bubbling lava lake. You fly over and there is this bubbling, you can't believe what you're seeing. It's a bubbling lava lake. It hasn't exploded, it just constantly... But it's huge. Huge. It's like, you know, three quarters of a mile across. It's absolutely enormous. And so when this one went in Japan at uh, Mount Ontake, this was uh, on Saturday, they say without warning. Well, that's just ridiculous. They're always with warning because the rumblings start and the seismographs would be checking it and they would know straight away. Quite clearly, they didn't have anything there. I mean, lots of people... Uh, they, they think they're still going to be fine because it's this pyroclastic cloud, isn't it? It's this cloud of, of death that sort of comes over and it rains down little pieces. And that's what uh, what kills people. And it's also the sulphur, the stench. I don't know if you've ever smelt sulphur. It's absolutely awful. It's absolutely awful. And so they say even armour of bulletproof vests, helmets and masks were not enough to protect them. They'd actually painstakingly gone up the mountain. They managed to find a number of bodies. They brought out 12 the other day, but they reckon that there's, uh, there's load, loads more, some buried alive, and they've yet to find the remains of, of many more people who have been cut down because it was just one of those things. I mean, hikers had to shelter in this cabin and it, the whole thing got covered. I mean, they were very lucky that the whole side of the mountain never blew out because that, that would be it completely. But there's still, there are still people up there. Still people up there trying to get them out, but it's just this this amazing ignorance of not of not letting people know. They say it, it just exploded without warning. Well it just can't. It just can't. That's how they know these things are going. They say you've got to get out. Gotta get out. There's a, a mum in the High Court the other day. This is over a little boy. And uh he's a critically ill little baby boy. He was left severely brain damaged after a traumatic premature birth by cesarean section he spent his very short life on a ventilator and the nhs trust um you know want to actually turn off his life support machine and his mum said please don't she's begged the judge to say don't please she said miracles do happen and uh, it's uh, this little boy can't be named for legal reasons quite clearly but uh, in the family division of the high court his mum said she refused to believe the NHS or the courts should have the right to end her baby's life. She says the ventilator is helping and supporting that life. And I quite agree with her. The trouble is, and it's a, it's a 
huge decision. It's a very, very big decision to make. If they take somebody off that machine, can they survive without it? And the answer is, if the answer is no, then they have to turn it off. If the answer is yes, well, then they can take him off it and he can survive by himself. But I have a sneaking feeling they're saying that it's, it's just not going to happen at all, which is, which is terrible. Somebody else writing in saying Linda's been very brave and dignified and inspiration. There are thousands of people like that, thousands of people who have terminal illnesses, children who have terminal illnesses who face, face their, you know, the end of... I don't know how I would cope. I don't know how I would cope if somebody said... You know, uh, you've got a terminal illness. I think I would be moaning about it every day on the radio to the point you'd be going, oh, wish you'd hurry up and go. <laughs> because I would be moaning about it. I really would be. As far as I know, nobody's ever had that before. I don't know, I don't know how uh, a, a company would, would deal with something like that. You know, I've got a terminal illness, but I want to keep going until the end because that's what I do for a living. I'd like to do that and take people through it because then everybody else would be sharing the same experience be quite good, really, I think. But uh, she's going to play her life out in the newspapers, which, which means that she, she becomes immortal, Linda Bellingham, and she becomes an inspiration to other people who haven't been through it, but uh, a member of their family is, and they're learning to deal with it. And it's a, it's a big ask. It's a very, very big ask. Deirdre, Anne Cook Bride, is coming out of Coronation Street. She wants a break. Oh, Ken... She, she talks like that because she smokes so many cigarettes. And uh, we get used to seeing her with glasses. You just think she lives in glasses, but of course she doesn't wear glasses in real life. She's a bit Harry Potter. Daniel Radcliffe does not wear glasses in real life. We've got him coming in for in conversation. We've not seen him for a little while. So um, I'll be interested uh, in that one. And Stephen Fry's coming in tomorrow, which I'm really looking forward to. <laughs> Unfortunately, tomorrow I get second interview. Second interview. I don't know how... I, I have done second interview before, because I did... So he's got two long interviews, then he's got a few more after me, bless him. So he's coming in to talk about his memoirs. Um, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Instead of mums worrying about saving £2.50 in petrol on a school run, Steve, perhaps they should walk, then maybe there wouldn't be so many fat kids about. Yeah, there is that argument, isn't there? There is the argument that, I mean, we, we never got taken to school, and probably many of you listening never got taken to school by your mums or your dads. I mean, can you imagine if you... I remember saying to my mum, it's raining. She went, yeah, I'm going to get wet. Yep. And uh, would you run me to school? I wouldn't even have asked my mum, because I know what she would have said to me. The bus stop's down the road. I've got better things to do. I'm going to run you to school, but it's pelting down. What are you going to do? Better run to the bus stop then. And that was the way it was. Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's LBC. It's very nice indeed to have your company. It's uh, day three of the Conservative Party conference. Nick Ferrari becoming alive from there later on. David Cameron's vowed to provide access to a GP seven days a week. That's exactly what you want to hear. He'll be talking live to Nick this morning. Uh, Angelina Jolie gave Brad Pitt a lovely wedding gift. You know what it was? It was a watch. That's sweet. A two million pound watch. Two million... I mean, does that say I love you or does that say dumb? I don't know. Uh, the retirement dream mood. You retire and, and then you decide to move. Don't! Don't! Why would you go on to a new place? Stay where you are. Oh, and another Katie Price reality show. We do hope not. It's LBC. I'm Steve Allen. That's next. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. It's Tuesday morning in London town. We are overrun by pussycats. Far too many pussycats everywhere. Day three of the Conservative Party conference. David Cameron 
has said he will provide access to a GP seven days a week. It's a lovely idea. How are they going to put it into practice? I have no idea. Have you seen the programmes on A&E? They're practically overrun with drunks and drug addicts. They haven't got enough time to start faffing around with somebody who's sort of phoned up and said, I've got a headache. Uh, the passenger forced off a bus, tried to pay with a £50 note. Linda Bellingham's husband prays that she gets to see Christmas. And Robson Green launches an attack on celebrities who don't pay their fair share of tax. And for that, include quite a number of people in show business. It's LBC. And I'm with you till 6.30 this morning. 84850steve at lbc.co.uk. Which era do you want to go back? Most people, when they were in a recent survey, the papers have done this survey today, they've said that uh, most people want to go and live back in the 60s. And I was always told that if you remember the 60s, you weren't actually there. Because the whole idea was everybody was on drugs, so nobody had the faintest idea. People used to wander around in states of, yeah, man, hi, and all this kind of stuff. Best music, I suppose. Best music around in the 60s. But uh, whether or not it was an era you wanted to, to live in, I don't know. Somebody says, what was the best era that you've ever lived in? I said, well, the one I'm in at the moment is about the best one. Because I can't remember any of the other ones. I suppose it would be lovely if you could transport yourself back to another time. You know, if you came out of school and you go, right, now, would I do things any differently? Would I do things any differently? Would I change anything about my life? And I don't think I would, really. I don't think I would. I'd like to be... I'd like to probably never have started smoking. That would have been a good one. Uh, I'd like to have been sort of, you know, more fit as a person. Uh, certainly like to be a little bit slimmer. But that's something only I can change. I'm, I'm the person who can change things like that. But I, can't, I might like to have had a bit more hair. But, I mean, it doesn't... You know, I can live without these things. I'm not particularly bothered about that kind of stuff. But if you were doing a wish list of what you would like, you know, would you do your life any differently? Would, would I be in a different business? I don't know. I don't know if my Uncle Alan hadn't let me have his disco... I remember going to his garden shed in Ilford and he had an old valve amplifier and two speakers. And I said, can we have those for our youth club? And he said, yes. And that started me on the road to DJing. So now I'm a radio presenter and people say, you're a DJ. I said, no, 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 I'm, I'm not a DJ, definitely. DJs play, uh, play records, that's what they're called, disc jockeys. The clue is in the word disc. Uh, I'm a radio presenter. I just sit down... Uh, the X Factor Chiefs have denied a fix despite Louis' U-turn. The programme's lost its way. I read a review in... I think it might have been in the Metro the other day. And they said, the reviewer, they're exactly the same as I said, which is, it's so messy this time round. Normally people come on and they sing and they get... I mean, I'm not into this mentoring in different houses. Who cares about that? That's just stupid. 90% of these people cannot sing for toffee. By the time they've been through auto-tune in a studio and there's an album come out, then fair enough. But the rest of them, it's not enough just to be pretty because most of our successful chart acts aren't pretty. I don't want to mention James Blunt or Ed Sheeran or anybody like that, but, I mean, you know, they are people who are musicians. It doesn't matter that the Rolling Stones are desperately unattractive. It really doesn't matter. You know, I think we're sick to death of seeing little assembled girly bands and boysy bands on the television now because most of them don't write for toffee. So they don't go anywhere. You're not going to find anybody as successful as One Direction, but even they look as though they're suffering, you know, the effects of having to work very, very hard. So if they go for another two years, I'll be surprised. I'd be surprised. We've already had various stories in the papers about, oh, you know, is Harry Styles going to go solo? Is this going to happen? Simon Cowell thinks one more album. And so then after that, what do they do? Washed up at the age of 24, 25. You've then got a, The Spice Girls were a classic example of a group that finished after Jerry walked out and then they sort of stumbled on a little bit. Now they've all had to find other things to do. 
because it's fine being a member of the Spice Girls or fine being a member of One Direction or fine being a member of the Rolling Stones, but you've got to have some other irons in the fire in case the pop career goes wayward. And in many cases it does because people just fall out of love. You know, would the Spice Girls ever get back together? No. Well, Victoria Beckham wouldn't have anything to do with it. Why would she be remotely interested? She, to, what, to stand there and be the person at the back? She must be the most successful at the Spice Girl, but and I'm at the back. I don't think so. I'm at the front now. I'm now the main singer. And everybody else is going, but you don't sing. It doesn't matter, does it? You know, how much longer can the Saturdays go? How much longer can Little Minx mix go on the, uh, on the circuit? I don't know. I don't know. It's a fickle business. And I should imagine they get to that stage where they've just, they've had enough. And then years later, somebody comes back and says, we're doing a programme called Reunion. And it's all about a bunch of has-been groups from years ago. And we'd very much like you to be on it. And we all go, good heavens above, I had no idea that we're still alive. No idea that these, these people were still going. And so, uh, so that's, that's why. It's, it's a difficult thing to say whether or not these people on the X Factor at the moment will actually have a career. I don't personally think they have, because having heard these people attempt to sing, it's like I've heard better-in-tune cats, I'm afraid. Not very good at all. You know that LBC has launched a brand-new charity. It's called Global's Make Some Noise. And so the idea is that we want to help young people whose lives have been affected by illness, bereavement, disability or just lack of opportunity. We work with other global radio stations, including Classic FM, Heart and Capital, and they reach 23.2 million people Every week. So now we're asking you to fake some noise for Make Some Noise. All you have to do is pick a song, it's not difficult, record your own video as you lip sync along and then share it with your friends. And you can do it on your phone, it's, it's really not difficult. Um, I've actually done it and Julia Hartley Brewer has done it as well. And I found it terribly stressful. <laughs> Terribly stressful. But it didn't take us that long. It, it took less than, than... It took longer to edit the blooming thing than it did to do anything else. And so, with the help of Adrian, we went down and we did a little bit in the studio next door and then a bit upstairs, which is where Catherine Jenkins leant against the same piece of railing that I'm leaning against. Just want that on record, you know. But uh, we do still talk. And so, if you go to the LBC website, and I urge you to go to the LBC website, you'll see uh, I'm on there and Julie Hartley Brewer. And that's what we're doing. We're making some noise by faking some noise. And if you keep listening, for more information about Globals, make some noise. Or you can log on to makesomenoise.com. Makesomenoise.com. The day to look out for, incidentally, is October the 9th. And uh, we've got some amazing auction prizes, including a tour of London. I will drive you round. I don't know how I got roped into this one. They just phoned. They caught me at a week. I was in the middle of doing something exciting, I think, like buffing the nails on the cat. And, uh, and they phoned and said, would you, would you like to do a tour of London uh, in, the, in the old Bentley? And I said, yes, yes. We've done it before. And uh, we had a nice drive around. We go for a drive around for an hour. You could just drive up and down the Mall if you like, or we can go anywhere, really. I, we, I just generally sort of take you round. You'd be surprised how many people take pictures. It's, it's very exciting, very exciting. Uh, there's also a fine dining experience with Ken Livingston and David Meller. That'll be a good one to bid for, won't it? And uh, we've got loads of other things, loads of other things. So it's Globals Make Some Noise, and it's October the 9th. I don't even know what day of the week it is. I do not know, but I know that tomorrow is the first, so seven days. So it must be, it's a Friday. It must be a Friday. Is it a Friday? And so you can bid for some of the prizes that we've got on LBC. So I'll drive you around. So it could be a couple of you. It could be one of you. I don't, I, I don't mind. 
and uh, we'll we'll go round. I might even I might even offer a cup of coffee at the same time. Who knows? Who knows? And don't forget, you can listen to LBC whenever and wherever you are. You can download the LBC app or there's TuneIn Radio too. So if you missed any of today's show, then you can uh, go for the podcast service. And don't forget, I have a, a Twitter account which is at Steve Allen shirt, I think what I was actually, at Steve, I can't remember half the time, so many things to remember nowadays, at Steve Allen show, but if you go to the LBC website and go and have a look now, if you've just woken up and you need something that might get your day going a bit better, that's what we'd like you to do for faking some noise, there's a little, a little link there and it will take you all the way through, and October the 9th is the day I'm expecting you all to be up and bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, because we've got some nice prizes to bid for. And uh, let's see if we can raise as, as much money as possible for disadvantaged children, children who have had to suffer bereavement, uh, children who are affected by illness. It's very much geared to children. So uh, I'm sure that you'll be helping us with that one. Uh, I told you yesterday that Cliff is selling his home and the papers have picked up on it uh, for today. He says he feels violated and he says that he can't even bear to return to the property in Sunning Hill. It's not that he's short of properties He's got quite a number of properties around the world and presumably what they'll do with this one is they'll empty it and then they'll just put it up for sale. These houses sell and these, he's got a penthouse there. It'll sell fairly well. He paid about three and a half million for it. So I'm, I'm thinking it'll probably get about four million pounds now, mainly because it's got provenance, because up until now you didn't know where Cliff Richard lived. I didn't know he lived in this block. I have looked at it before. Not really with a view of buying anything, but just because I thought, that's an expensive block. The, the service charges are astronomical. Absolutely astronomical. I think for one of them, which was a beautiful house, it was something like £100,000 a year. The ser- that's just the service charge. You'd have to get the whole family out, including your granny, to work to try and raise the money for the service charge, which covers cleaning, probably heating, lighting, security, that, that kind of stuff. 84850, steve at uk And uh, people talking about Kelly Brook and, oh dear, she's single again. And it's a picture of her smile. Her agent works overtime on this one because she's smiling in the paper. Yesterday she was looking all fat. I thought she was pregnant. I seriously thought she was pregnant. She looked, we, both the producer and I looked at the picture. She looked pregnant. I mean, it'd be, it'd be, I was going to say it'd be funny if she is. It probably won't be, really, because it's with David McIntosh and the stories about him in the paper today. Not particularly pleasant reading, but there again, I never thought he was that pleasant, having seen him on Celebrity Big Brother. And so they say here that uh, she's sort of, she's like, kind of lost her way. Also admitting in her autobiography she punched a few of the boys she's been out with in the past, thus proving to me that domestic violence is not something to be written about or taken lightly, but something quite dangerous, and she perpetrates. She thought it was hilarious on the television. Thought it was very funny that she'd hit these people. Of course, it would have been different had it been the other way round and they'd punched her in the face. They'd probably now be facing court charges. Incidentally, uh, there's, there's an allegation that he sent death threats to his ex-girlfriend... And the papers have said, have you been to the police? And she went, not yet. I thought, the moment somebody makes a death threat, that's the time you go straight to the police. You don't sort of stick around and sell the story to the newspaper or talk to the newspaper first. You go to the police. That's what they're there for, for goodness sake. You can't have somebody making death threats, if indeed he's made death threats. You must sort it out very quickly. I'll, I'll think about it, she said. I thought, don't think about it too long, please. Quarter past five. <laughs> Ferrari with breakfast this morning at seven is live from the Conservative Party conference. He'll be talking to the Prime Minister David Cameron and asking the question, are the Tories really a party of law and order? There's updates on the latest in Hong Kong. 
And Nick will be asking how we can tackle the troubling issue of child trafficking. That's Nick Ferrari this morning from seven, just after the morning news with Lisa Aziz. Andrew Pearce, consultant editor of the Daily Mail and an LBC presenter, will be looking through the papers this morning. Uh, Muslims are baffled by this KFC halal ban on wet wipes. Graham Noakes says staff told him they couldn't give him one of the cloths because they're soaked in alcohol forbidden in Islam. Muslim leaders say the restaurant's bizarre move could lead to accusations the community's being too demanding. Mr Noakes said they told me it might offend other customers. I explained it wouldn't affect me. In fact, I told them I like alcohol, so it wouldn't bother me in the slightest. When they wouldn't give me one, I was disgusted. They use wipes in hospital. What happens when we start being told we can't have wipes there? I can't understand it. I shall never go to KFC again. Which, of course, is a ludicrous statement. The incident happened at the KFC in St George's Retail Park, Leicester. Mr Noakes from Birmingham is helping to build a Muslim community centre in the city. It's typical, isn't it, really? Uh, Suleiman Nagdi, a spokesman for the Leicester-based Federation of Muslim Organisations, says, using alcohol doesn't mean you're consuming it. Seems like an unusual decision. What he's basically saying is they're a bit stupid, and obviously the person who was serving is a bit thick, and they need to go back for retraining. KFC said the St George's branch had decided not to stock wipes containing alcohol and had been waiting for a supply of lemon-based ones. How exciting. I thought they only did lemon-based ones. I've never heard of anything else. I thought they only did lemon-based wipes. But, can you imagine, but, but they're sealed. You know, dear God in heaven. I wouldn't mind, but as we pointed out earlier on on the programme, there's lots of Muslims who drink alcohol. Lots of people who do. You know, just because they've they found one girl in KFC who doesn't want to handle it because they've got alcohol. Well, she's been around and checked everything. Dear me. I mean, it just, just becomes ludicrous, doesn't it? Ludicrous. Um, the... Vote for your number one film quote is in there. Did Ollie Mann do this this morning? This is the kind of thing that Ollie Mann would do, actually. It's the, the favourite. I mean, Sean Connery, Dr. No, Bond. James Bond. My favourite, though, is um, among all the uh, ones, you know, which include E.T. Phone Home, E.T. Phone Home. That one's very popular as well. And uh, you know how to whistle, don't you, Steve? You just put your lips together and blow. That was Lauren Bacall in To Have and Have Not. Uh, the, the famous one, uh, you'll never guess this one. You talking to me? Who's that? The Godfather? No. No, it's Robert De Niro in Taxi Driver. You see, I, I thought it was Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't know why I got that one wrong. Would you know this one? To call you stupid would be an insult to stupid people. No. Jamie Lee Curtis in A Fish Called Wanda. Uh, this one. I'm also just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her. No, I wouldn't have known that either, or cared, to be honest with you. Uh, that's Julia Roberts in Notting Hill. To infinity and beyond. That one, do you remember that one? Buzz Lightyear. Isn't it funny? Everybody remembers Buzz Lightyear. It was very good. Um, there's, uh, <laughs> this, this one's a bit, a bit obvious. I am Spartacus. That would be from Spartacus, from Ben Hur, he says. <laughs> oh, dear. Goodness me. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Go ahead, make my day. I see dead people. Remember that one? I see dead people. You know what that film was? The the sixth. Yes, Sixth Sense. Well done, well done. Uh, my favourite, of course, you're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. Yes, that immortal line from the Italian job, Charlie Croker, played by Michael Caine. And uh, <laughs> nobody puts baby in a corner. I didn't know that one. I'd, I thought it was something to do with children or something, but it's not. It's Patrick Swayze in Dirty Dancing. 
<laughs> this one you'll know. I ate his liver with some lava beans and a very nice Chianti. See, the moment, you, the moment I do the voice, it's taking you back. It, I thought it was the most boring film I'd ever seen in my entire life. Silence of the Lambs. I went with a friend of mine who worked for, uh, for um, a children's channel. And we sat there, and it was a wet Thursday after. It was the most boring thing. It didn't frighten me. It didn't do anything at all. Hello, Clary. I didn't care. I really didn't care. I thought it was dull, dull, dull. Which probably gives you a rough idea of the sort of thing. Isn't it funny, you see? I think something like that, which is hailed as a, as a masterpiece, uh, is boring. And yet I loved Mary Poppins. I could watch Mary Poppins forever and a day. Steve, please wish the horrible people who broke into my field and fly-tipped a lorry load of rubbish a very bad day. Well, you know what sort of people fly-tip. The sort of people who come round, knock on your door and say, can we clear the rubbish for you? And then they just go and dump it in somebody else's field. So now you've ended up with wardrobes and a whole kitchen. Yep. Oh, the Robson Green story is the story that Robson Green, the actor, has complained bitterly about uh, people in show business who use tax avoidance schemes, legal tax avoidance schemes. But he thinks that, you know, they shouldn't be entitled to use the NHS if they're not paying the proper amount of tax. And uh, I'm inclined to agree with him, although, given the choice, if you could not pay a huge amount of tax and you could, you know, you could pay a small amount of tax, as long as it's legal, it's fine. Look how many companies are doing it now. You know, we had, was it eBay the other day on turnover of a billion? They paid £620,000 in tax on a turnover of a billion, which was amazing. Uh, Mark and Jason are Met Police officers in North London. My God, it must be very quiet in North London this morning if they're getting ready to, uh, to go off shift, which actually can't be that far off, can it? This is where you pray that nothing happens in the last hour or so of the shift. You think, I'm not, I haven't seen that car just jumping a red light. Kevin the Milkman says, The Rolling Stones, Steve, may be the ugliest group in the world, but I wouldn't mind being Mick Jagger for a, year's, uh, for a year. Uh, just hope I could take the pace. Yes, I mean, he's amazing. But he is looking his age now. If he didn't wear sort of young person's kind of like, you know, sort of wearing clothes for young people, you know, he'd just look like another old man on the street. And he says, and I have seen your fake some noise video. You were pulling some shapes, as I believe the expression goes. Is that what it was? Pulling some shapes. Putting some shapes. I was. I thought I was voguing. Remember voguing, which came in here, and Madonna set this this trend. Malcolm says, "I hear that Yellowstone Park in America is a giant volcano. It is a giant volcano. They say that if that uh, if that goes up, it takes out America. It's huge. It's I forget how many hundreds of miles across. It's huge. And they only knew about it a few years ago, didn't they? When they had cameras in space that were. T- they went. Wait a minute." It's a volcano. Run, run. It's huge. It's got its own climate system in the middle. It really has. That when the snow comes down, the bison that live there become prey for the wolves. The wolves come into their own when the snow comes down. And it goes like six feet deep. But they track the moose and the elk and the bison and everything else. I've got this documentary on Yellowstone Park. But it's the fact that it's a giant volcano. You could see quite clearly. You could see the, the, uh, the aurora around it. It's absolutely fantastic. Ian in Surbiton has noticed as well the uh, volcanic uh, action under Yellowstone Park. That, I mean, that's being monitored almost on a minute-by-minute minute basis. They have to, although, what in goodness, oh, there's no name you're going to do if they go, it's going to blow. There's nowhere you'd better go anywhere. Even if you get in the car and drive like Billio, you're not going to make it. You could be, if you're in the middle of the park and they say this thing's going to blow any minute now, it's hundreds of miles across, hundreds of miles across. It's absolutely enormous. Goodness only knows what's going on beneath our feet. This is in the light of the story from Japan, where this volcano sets off on Saturday and people go, we didn't have the faintest idea 
that there was that, that the volcano was even active. And I thought, well, surely somebody must have thought about it. There must have been rumblings, the little sort of puffs of smoke that come up. I would have thought so. Would you not think so? But uh, it comes a big surprise to them. But they're still getting people out. Still getting people out. Uh, and the subject of uh, Emmerdale, Williams says the girl who we didn't know plays the ACDC vet. Oh, well, she's plugged into both sockets. Good little things you learn, ladies and gentlemen, on this programme. And uh, Brian says, uh, what you said about school lads wearing shorts. There was never any question we get to wear long ones before the age of 12. Then it was secondary school. The 1963 winter saw us in a balaclava as well as, yes, shorts. Yes, I can remember going to school in a balaclava. My little knees used to go blue and red. It was, it was really not, not an attractive look at all, I'm afraid. I had to laugh, says Sonia, when they've announced doctors will be asked to work longer hours. I wanted to make an appointment to see my own GP on the 26th of September. First appointment available 28th of October. You can see the emergency doctor, they say, but that's a five-minute slot. I say I've got ongoing problems, so I have to wait over a month to see my own doctor. I'm not moaning about it, because when you read about Linda Bellingham, waiting a month is nothing, is it? No, in the scheme of things, it's not. Well, I've got my flu jab this, uh, this Saturday. So I'm very ex- but I've had to wait about two weeks for this one, because they do flu clinics. So I should be sitting there with a lot of other people also waiting. I mean, it takes about a minute, to do, less than a minute to do. I just go, ow, because it always hurts. Every time it hurts. Every time I try and be brave. But you're quite right. Put it into context with what Linda Bellingham's going through and a lot of other people besides, lots of other people, children as well. And you think, whatever I've got is nothing compared to with what they're going through. LBC News time. It's 5.30. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to 6. So the 9th, the 9th is the date that you've got to put in your diary on LBC, because that's when we're going to be raising a lot of money, a lot of money. Uh, everybody talking about the uh, the supermarket chain Aldi, big rise in profits. We were telling you the other day, was it was it Aldi, who were coming up with, um, what were they selling for nine ninety nine? Oh, that's right, they had a five-bird roast, they had whole goose in there for £39, two dressed crabs for three ninety nine. Caviar at nine ninety nine. Small wonder they've obviously they've started educating people into you know it isn't all fish fingers and chips. Although if you're a child, that's all you really want. I can't see children getting used to to crab and stuff like that. And Peter said we talk about dogs being dressed up. I remember an episode of The Only Way Is Essex where Lucy Mecklenburg bleached her dog and dressed it up in pink. A rather ridiculous, stupid woman pictured with Sam for here. So two stupid women as well at the uh, at the same time. It's unbelievable, is that why would people want to dye their dogs pink? I think they you know, that's when the RSPCA need to get involved. They were talking a lot on the news today and no doubt Nick Ferrari will be talking about it later. This revenge porn. I didn't I didn't even know the phrase until a, f- a few months ago. And children as young as eleven are falling victim to this, while their abusers often evade justice. A girl of 11 in Manchester and another age 13 in the Thames Valley are among the victims in 149 reports in England and Wales during the past two and a half years. Laura Higgins of the UK Safer Internet Centre says, I feel this is just the tip of the iceberg. Plenty of people, particularly young people, won't want to go down the police route or even speak about it. Only eight of the 43 police forces keep data on reports, prompting fears that offenders are getting away with humiliating victims. They include ex-partners of the offender, which can be men as well as women, a Cambridge schoolboy, 
threatened to share pictures of a fellow pupil, and two 15-year-olds were among victims in Leicestershire. A taxi driver blackmailed a passenger into sex after discovering naked images of her. Convictions fell under the Malicious Communications Act, but police are largely powerless to stop those responsible until new laws pass through the Lords next month. Unbelievable, isn't it? I didn't. I thought there was a law in, but there obviously isn't. And so people have these things, and they just literally, they blackmail somebody. We've had um, boys in Wales. I think there were a couple of lads in Wales who committed suicide because they um, exposed themselves on the internet to who they thought was a, a girl they were having a relationship with on the internet or whatever the, whatever they wanted to believe it was. And it turned out it wasn't. It was somebody who was just recording them the other end for the purposes of blackmail. And uh, these people, obviously, like you can imagine, can't you? If somebody comes back to you and goes, we're going to show your parents these pictures, you've got to send us money, you've got to do... You know, people don't know what to do. And uh, I don't believe that anybody's ever been brought to trial for these because we're still waiting for the law to change. In the same way, it was very interesting. I was listening to somebody talking to Ollie Mann about people who come into this country from Eastern Europe. And uh, there's a, a classic case of a woman in the paper today. She's abused elderly people. Uh, in a care home, and she abused them quite badly. She dragged them across the floor by their hair. I mean, she really mistreated them very, very badly, and she's uh, she's been found out, and she's up in court. And the reason she fell under the radar is is because if something happens abroad, it's not on the file here. They've got to do something here. And this care worker uh, abused dementia patients. Her name is Agnieszka. Uh, she threw shoes at her elderly victims. She's a vile person. She's, uh, she's been convicted of ill treatment, of willfully neglecting a person who lacks mental capacity and could now face... What do you mean, could now face jail? What do you have to do to people to actually face jail? She's an evil, fat, bloated, vile person. I mean, she carried out these attacks at a, at a home called Milford Manor in Salisbury. The pensioner she dragged across the floor was also pulled down three or four steps. She's quite clearly some sadistic person, and she needs locking up for our safety. I don't know why she, uh, she was supposed to care for patients who she knew were vulnerable, because they suffered from, from dementia. It's, I mean, she carried on with these attacks for ages and ages. She had denied the charges, suspended by the home, and she resigned three days later. As soon as she's locked up in prison, the happier I will be. I don't want this woman going anywhere. Now. Where do these people come from? Where would you ever get it in your mind that you could ever, ever abuse an elderly person who's got dementia? She called them idiots and monsters. I mean, it left the residents scared, angry and helpless. I bet it did. You see, if you'd had the presence of mind, you'd have got up and clouted her over the head with your walking stick. Because that's, uh, that's the kind of thing that needs to happen. It could be your parent in a home who's being mistreated. There appear to be no checks in place. They seem to go through cursory checks for a lot of these homes. But then these people obviously slip through the, the netting. And you look at her, she looks quite ordinary. And yet she's quite clearly a sadistic, vile care worker. That's all I can tell you about her. Horrible person. Hope she goes to prison straight away. Mind you, I'll tell you, for crimes against uh, television, Katie Price, they say, could be coming back with a TV show. She's letting the cameras back in as she plans to star in a brand new reality show series about her life. Um, this was mooted a while ago. As far as I know, there's nothing in place for this at all. There is nothing that's been signed up. Um, they say she previously had a joint show with Peter Andre on ITV. And then they did the Katie Price show, but it was so boring. She didn't do anything. She either went out to get her nails done or sat down with the children. Or she Googled herself on the... And that was it. Nothing went on at all. I mean, to, to be honest with you... Uh, 
I think actually over the last few months has been the most exciting time. Now she's just boring again because, you know, when Kieran Haler cheated, we all laughed like drains with two of her friends. And uh, they say it could be live on air. Uh, A source says, this will be her, my new show will, sorry, Katie's new show will document them working through their problems. She's made no secret of a mistrust. I don't believe that this has, um, that this has been commissioned. I really don't. She's as boring as heck. Filming is due to start soon, but they haven't said who it's for. I think they're doing a pilot. I think they're doing a pilot and it's not been taken up by anybody. Who would be remotely interested? She's well past her sell-by date. What is she now, 70, 75? Difficult to tell. But nobody's interested. Nobody's interested. And here she is. This is Fern McCann in the papers. Fern McCann um, filming a new series of TOWIE, which is great, actually, because it was only the other day in the papers we were told she was terribly depressed proving what a load of lies come out of the PR office there. Very depressed because apparently leaked pictures of her topless have gone onto the internet. Shock horror probe, ladies and gentlemen. Woman has breasts. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Front page of the uh, the Mail today. The MP's expenses, a new cover-up. The watchdog wants the names of suspected cheats kept secret. Uh, they say there's as much fraud going on now as there ever was. Years ago, it was just the expenses. And uh, John O'Connell of the Taxpayers' Alliance said, yet again, Ipsa has demonstrated itself to be thoroughly out of touch. Um, Sir Alistair Graham said the public had a right to know that their MP was under suspicion, especially after the expenses scandal. I think it goes on all the time. There's now more MPs than ever incorporating members of their family who are working. And they work for them. It's a way of getting more money out of the system. And they, and they seem to get away with it for ages, and then they get found out, they go, oh, sorry about that, which is a bit, uh, bit bad, isn't it? Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co. You want to hear the truth? You can't handle the truth. Jack Nicholson in, says Ella in Barnes. I've got no idea. I don't, I'm not even a fan of Jack Nicholson. Isn't that odd, actually? Uh, Jamie says, so all the Muslim-owned shops won't be selling beer or wine now. No, of course. See, that's a silly thing. So you can't get a, a wet wipe in this particular one in Leicester uh, because it contains alcohol. Obviously, some barking mad person standing on the front of the till made that ludicrous decision. So I don't think it applies anywhere else at all. And yet lots of Muslim shops selling beer and alcohol. They don't have to drink it, do they? Don't have to drink it. October the 9th is a week Thursday. Week Thursday is the day to put in your diary. I spoke to people yesterday. They have a shop in Church Street in Twickenham and they're going to retire. And I said, oh, will you be moving? And they went, no, no, no. They own the building. So they've got no intention of moving. They said, why would you want to move? And funnily enough, in a lot of the papers today, they talk about the retirement dream. So what people do is they come up to retirement and they say, I'm going to retire. I'm going to retire to the coast or I'm going to retire to the country or retire to Ben Nevis or retire to wherever you happen to go to. And uh, what they're saying to you, don't. Don't move from where you... Why would you want to move to an area? You don't know anybody. You have no idea. You don't know what goes on down there. Why not stay where you are? Surely staying where you are is much nicer. That's where all your best memories are. If that's where you've lived for 25, 30 years, why would you want to up sticks and move somewhere else? It's not worth it. Stay there. So they say this dream move, it's a myth. The grass is not always greener. Stay where you are. The beach isn't always sandier. Because people think, and most people, most people, not everybody, but most people go, I think we'll move to the seaside. I don't know why. What do you think? You're going to sit down there with a lot of other people also who have retired, staring out to sea with a mivy, you know, or a king cone. It's not that exciting. Then maybe we'll have fish and chips and then, 
and we'll just go home again because there's nothing to do at the seaside. It's for kids, isn't it, the amusement arcade? You can wander through there and go, oh, that's nice. Can't afford to do that because you spent so much money buying your property. So what you have to do is stay where you are. That myth about moving is, is not worth even considering. A lot of people telling me about dogs that they've seen uh, being dressed up by people. I can't bear it. Somebody says that this dog's got alopecia. So that if it's got alopecia, why would you put wool on it? I really can't believe it. I mean, it just looks absolutely awful. Martin says, do we get to look at all the goodies in your boot if we win the auction prize? I don't know, actually. The boot's looking quite empty at the moment. I'm not saying it's going to be like that for much longer, because I'm going to be putting stuff back in it again today. The care worker, says Pete, made the mistake of physically abusing vulnerable elderly people. To be sent to prison, she should have abused them on Twitter. Yes, I mean, isn't that funny? She abuses them in real life, and they're considering a prison sentence. Whereas that vile internet troll who abused that MP and said he was going to rape her only gets 18 weeks. I'd have said 18 years. You can die in prison. I really wouldn't be remotely interested in that person coming back out again at all. Oh, midwives are going on strike as well. Bad news there. Well, especially for Josie Cunningham, who's just had a baby. Mind you, Holly Willoughby's had a baby as well. I apologise to Holly Willoughby for mentioning her in the same breath as Josie Cunningham, that vile, useless piece of work who doesn't seem to have ever done a day's work in her life. And we had to pay for her breasts, only to, for her to ask for them to be reduced. And then uh, she couldn't get the bus, she had to get taxis. Just a horrible, ugly person, inside and out. Quarter to six. <laughs> Morning, everybody. 11 minutes to uh, six. Don't forget, Nick Ferrari and the team coming live from Conservative Party Conference. Uh, Lee says, did you buy the iPhone 6 or the iPhone 6 Plus? iPhone 6 Plus. And you're right. With the finger ID, you can use five fingers, just in case you lose some of them, I suppose, on the way. So, uh, yes, no, it's, uh, everybody I show it to says it looks absolutely enormous, but, in fact, it's so much easier to read. So much easier to read, and it's, it's just... Uh, I just quite like it. It's amazing, isn't it, how we buy into technology nowadays. We don't even... We don't think about it. And yet, I, I look at the price that I pay for these things, and I think, crikey, that's a load. I, I've got all my music on here as well, so I've got more than 4,000 tracks of music. And it's, it's just... It's so clever, technology. I don't profess to understand any of it, but I'm, I'm quite fascinated by it. I'm slightly perturbed by the story of a fan who has bought a load of... Eric Idle memorabilia from Monty Python. Now, the story is that uh, his, his mum died and the contents of her home and, uh, and everything else were put up for auction. Now, I would have thought, don't ask me how this works, but in the case of, you know, my family, my mother had loads of stuff. When she died, we went to empty the house. We went to sort everything out, and we gave a lot of things to the charity shop. But I wouldn't have ever left anything that was private to go up for auction. I, I, wouldn't, I can't even think about it. So, in other words, my mother kept every single Christmas card that me, my brother and my father had ever sent to her. Every Christmas card and every birthday card. So, under the bed was a box with all these cards in, and that was obviously her little keepsakes. You could see how our writing deteriorated over the years. You know, it started off to mummy, and then it meant to mum, and then it was just M. And uh, gradually we got worse and worse and worse. But she kept these things. Quite clearly, in the case of Eric Idle, uh, they, they put the house up for sale and they had somebody clear it. But his mum had all these personal things, so they came up for auction. So a fan um, is... Uh, one buyer snapped up a box of postcards, school reports, and more than 150 photographs of the young Eric. You'd have thought he'd have wanted them, wouldn't you? I mean... 
I'm assuming that's how it works with families. You go, I'll come back, wait a minute, I'll go through the house with the brothers and sisters, if you had any brothers and sisters, and you decide what to tell. You don't put all your private things like school reports up for sale. I don't think so, but they did. Um, the lot here is up for sale for £7,000 at an auction next week in Gloucestershire. The auctioneer says, Python material doesn't turn up often. It's not Python material, it's his private stuff, it's his school. My mother kept all my school reports. I destroyed them. Or anything like that. Stephen spends a lot of time staring out of the window. I was. I was daydreaming. I was a great day. I was Dolly Daydream at school because it was more interesting out there. We had a bit of grass and there was a Stevenson screen and, and people and the playing field. Oh, great. Who wants to do boring a mower massa mat when you can stare out of the window and have a great deal of fun? That was Latin, incidentally. I do have a second language at the, uh, as the gift that... Uh, that's the only thing I remember from the age of seven. It's amazing, isn't it? They teach you, I love you, love, we love, they love. And that's the kind of thing that sticks with you. After all this time, I can't remember a phone number for toffee or remember people's faces, but I can remember a mower massa mat. Uh, Alison Hammond is the larger-than-life, for that read, fat dancer. They really have... Uh, mind you, if I was running the programme, I'd be looking at people you can put up on the television. Uh, they call her bubbly. That means she's sort of ha-ha-ha all the time, but really inside, mm, crying. And uh, she's the prize contender to, uh, to because she she's dancing on this programme. Some of them are good. Some of them don't have any sense of rhythm. But uh, somebody um, described this programme and The X Factor as being lazy television by both broadcasters who transmit them, because it's the same old, same old. All they've got to do is find a few old third-rate, X-rated people who either sort of will spill the beans about their love life or do something else, or nobody likes them, and they put them up on the television. And so we have to, we have to put up with them. I was, oh dear, no, that's that. Oh, the ghastly Kim Kardashian. Can anybody explain to me how this woman is famous? How on earth does this happen? And David McIntosh has told the ex whose revelations saw Kelly Brook dump him, you're dead, watch out. This is the exclusive to the uh, the paper today. Uh, somebody said he's a 26-stone powerhouse, for heaven's sake. Why would he want to threaten a girl? And so it goes on. And this is why uh, this this girl has not been to the police yet. I mean, really, you should have to go... If this allegation is true, you must go to the police. You really must do. It's just, you know, you don't know what people are capable of doing. There's uh, the, the slave kids. Shame of 200% surge in child cases. There's one here, a seven-year-old girl saved from slavery by police. Uh, tiny Elena was a modern-day Cinderella, put to work as other kids in the London home played. She had to cook and clean. She'd been trafficked into the UK by a Romanian family who told her mother she'd have a better life here. And uh, anyway, they, they jailed this Romanian family for a total of 40 years because they were quite vile traffickers of children. Another one here, a deaf girl of 10, kept in a cellar for nearly a decade, repeatedly raped and used as a servant by her evil masters. 84-year-old Ilias Ashar was found guilty of 13 charges of rape and jailed for 13 years. His sentence was extended in February to 15 years. His 68-year-old wife, this is the one who spat at the police... And the reporters, when they ran after the, uh, the sentencing, she spat at the police. They're such a revolting, filthy couple. And um, she was convicted of benefit fraud and trafficking and jailed for five years the other year. I mean, vile family, absolutely vile. Benefit Street uh, person, White D, she's not a star, she's a bit of a waste of space, has laid into the Tories, calling them out of touch. 
She says that Ian Duncan Smith's not living in the real world. I know, the real world that you inhabit, Dee, is where you don't work and you just claim benefits because apparently you're too depressed. Too depressed. Let's hope you made a little bit of money. I'd hate to think of the fact that you're actually going out and uh, claiming benefits again. That would be a tragic disaster. LBC's got a brand new charity. I tell you this as we head towards the six o'clock news. What we want to do, it's called Globals Make Some Noise, incidentally. We want to help young people whose lives have been affected by illness, bereavement, disability or just lack of opportunity. We're working with the other global radio stations, including Classic FM, Heart and Capital which reach 23.2 million people every week. And we're asking you to fake some noise for Make Some Noise. All you have to do is pick a favourite song, learn it, record your own video as you lip-sync along, and then share it with your friends. You can see our efforts on the LBC website. I feel deeply embarrassed telling you this, but uh, if it raises money for charity, I'm more than happy. You can laugh at me as much as you like. And Julie Hartley Brewer. She, of course, had makeup, hair, catering truck... I just had me in an orange. And uh, so you'll find us on the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, where I'm lip-syncing to all the single ladies. It has made me, really, it's made me shamed, actually, into I've got to lose weight as quickly as possible, preferably before Christmas. So why don't you try it? Have a look at the uh, the website. Think to yourself, I can definitely do better than Steve Allen and Julia Hartley Brewer. I want to see the rest of the team here. I think it's gone far too many days now without another. There's got to be some more up by this weekend. They really have. I want to see her. I've told the boss. He's on for a box of chocolates if he can get Nick Abbott and Clive Bull to actually do some twerking or something. I don't know. Or failing that. I'm trying to think who is the least likely person who would lip sync. Duncan Barks, I think, would go for it very much. So have you seen? Who's have you seen? Who's have you seen? No, you have to tell me who's you've seen. Have you seen... You've seen a bit... Oh, Duncan's done one, has he? Oh, right, is it? Oh, right, it's a product... It's, it's, a, it's a process in, in the making, is it? Oh, fantastic. Who else do I want to see? I want to see Nick Ferrari. He's being slightly reticent at the moment. You know, all these excuses about the Lib Dem conference and now the Conservative conference. You know, anything to sort of put off the inevitable. It will happen. And uh, James O'Brien, I think, might rap, but I think he's rapped before. Petri Hoskin, I just fall into that one quite easily. She could do one with Stig, couldn't she? Andrew Pierce could do, uh, I don't know what song Andrew Pierce could do. I've just re- all of a sudden, songs flashed through my mind, and I thought to myself, ladies and gentlemen, that would be a good... Everybody's got favourite... I wanted to do Video Killed the Radio Star, but apparently that was exempt from me. So I had to do all the single ladies. <laughs> if you keep listening to LBC, the 9th is the day that we're looking for to raise as much money as possible. Uh, we'll have some auction prizes, including I'll, I'll Drive You Round London in the Bentley... I'll even let you sit on the leather, OK? I mean, that's a, that's a bit of a rarity in this day and age. Normally, I'd put down newspaper on there, just in case you might have something. And, um... Oh, and Charlie says, have you seen Luke Smith's? Who's Luke Smith? Do I know Luke Smith? It's... Oh, we're not sure if we know Luke Smith. I shall have a look. It's on, it's on Charlie's Twitter. I, want, I think they're all very clever. Apparently, we've all, we've all got to do them. I just got roped in first. That's why they've all got to do them. Go to Make Some Noise... Dot com, make some noise dot com, and uh, you'll find all sorts of interesting things on there. <laughs> Ali Jones one's very good. I quite like that one. I think that must be on their their website. We're all putting them on our on the different websites. My boss has threatened to do one as well. That I can't wait to see. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast with you for another thirty minutes. 
This morning, Nick Ferrari is live at Conservative Party conference from seven after David Cameron vows to provide access to a GP seven days a week. Linda Bellingham's husband has prayed that she gets to see Christmas. As you know, she's uh, she's not uh, she's not very well at all. Uh, that retirement dream move. Don't do it. Please don't do it. Britain is overrun by pussycats. Dave Lee Travers faces prison following complaints his suspended sentence was too soft. And a new sex assault law in California. And jail for the burglar who hid up a tree. And I'm reliably informed that Clive Bull recorded yesterday afternoon. Ooh, it's LBC. EC. Morning, everybody. It's uh, five past six. Well, we just smiled through the news as we were watching. Uh, thank you, Charlie, for recommending that one. You're quite right. We've never seen anything like that at all before. And I'm looking forward to seeing Clive Bull featured on the LBC website, although he's not told us what the track is. I'm halfway to a box of chocolates for the uh, for the boss for today. Uh, still to come, we'll give you all the details of uh, what's happening on the front pages of the papers this morning, and also the fake some noise for make some noise. And Nick Ferrari comes live from Conservative Party conference. It's day three, and David Lee Travers could be facing prison after four people complained that the sentencing was too soft. All of that and more between now and half past six this morning on LBC. And Lee says, I'm going to bid on your tour of London, but just to warn you, I get travel sick. Let's hope you don't get it then. <laughs> Which is very interesting. Uh, right, 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 right. Uh, Margaret says, we retired to the seaside. Who would want to stay in busy, noisy southwest London under the Heathrow flight path, much healthier and peaceful by the beach? I agree. It is absolutely... But they've said that a lot of people make the mistake and they do retire to places and it does tend to be the seaside that we, that we want to go to. I don't know why. Perhaps it's this, this nostalgia that we have for our childhood where we think that we can run and play in the sand dunes. But, of course, if we get a little bit older, we suddenly realise that we can't actually run anywhere and we just want to sit down. So perhaps these places cater for elderly people. But on the other hand, do you want to be with a lot of other elderly people? The thing that keeps you young is being with younger people. So uh, that's that's the way it works. Mind you, I think giving up smoking seems to work as well, doesn't it? 84850, steve at Far too many cats in the UK. Far too many cats. They say that 25% now of UK adults own at least one cat. There is something cute about them. I was watching a programme the other day. I think it was the uh, an Australian version of the RSPCA programme. And uh, they had a little kitten there, which they gave to this elderly man who was in a home. He was He was quite quite clearly a very ill person but this this cat seemed to bring him back to life this little kitten they put it on his lap and she the rspca woman kept saying she really likes you really likes you and it was it was just a just a very very cute thing to watch and i know that there are dogs which they take into old people's homes now because old people miss their animals but when they go in there nine out of ten times you can't actually take your pets in with you so they take a dog in and then people can pat i think people like that kind of thing i think they really do actually on the subject of uh, faking some noise John says, I'd love to see you and Nick Ferrari do a duet. He said, one, it'd be hilarious, and two, you'd feel so much thinner. <laughs> That's my old joke about the LBC calendar. I think we should, I still think we should have done an LBC calendar years ago. You know, the LBC naked calendar. We could all hide behind Nick Ferrari, which I think would be quite, <laughs> quite funny, actually. Amused me. Uh, I've, just, uh, I've just watched, says Maggie, your Make Some Noise video. Very good. She says, uh, please attend your growing waistline. Yes, I mean, I think it's insulin. 
I'm, I'm, I'm now using that as my excuse for everything. I know it does actually make you put on weight insulin. So uh, that's my, that's my answer to everything, I'm afraid. Do not, do not, you know, go on to insulin because you end up putting on weight. I think probably just eating full stop makes you put on weight. Uh, if I could turn the clock back, says Richard, I wouldn't let so many really nice girls slip through my fingers. The truth was I was more interested in golf and sports cars at the time. Yes, there is that danger. Um, if the midwives are going on strike, does that mean they're withdrawing their labour? OK, we're going to use all of these, are we, now? I can just Im- imagine. Um, uh, recats, I've got three, says little Julie, and all get on. If one is not around, two look out for it. Yes, a friend of mine's got two, and they do, I think it's, I think they are brother and sister. I think they're brother and sister. Uh, 84850, Steve, at lbc.co.uk. Try and weave everything in. I've just watched your video. Couldn't stop laughing from start to finish. Bit hurtful, but I don't mind. I don't mind. If it raises money for charity, I really don't mind. Uh, Nigel says, re Eric Idle selling off his family memoirs. I'm forever shouting at the uh, the people on Flogger to sell off their great granny's sewing kit or something similar for a measly thirty pounds. Yes, I mean, I also uh, don't understand that. They go there and they say, "You've had this. This this was our grandmother's, and you've had it for." 30. They go. It's probably worth about £30. You think, I would never sell anything like that. I really wouldn't. I really wouldn't. I'd be horrified at selling my parents. My parents work hard for those things. But it's, it, it's not so much maybe the furniture that Eric Idle's got, because I shouldn't imagine he wants his, his mum's furniture. But it's the private things. It's his school reports. It's uh, all the Christmas cards. It's the, the photos. Surely you'd want those, wouldn't you? Wouldn't want somebody else handling your family photographs. Good grief. My, uh, my brother's got all my parents' photo albums. All of them. That's where we got all the pictures from for all the the shows. And Bridget says, how do you feel about the possibility of having Chelsea FC playing at Twickenham while their ground is being refurbished? Really? Is that is that what the uh, is that what they're thinking of? Oh Lord, that'll please my godchildren. They're big Chelsea fans. Crikey. Eight four eight five zero Steve at lbc.co.uk. It's amazing how many people want to retire to the seaside. I found no end of you this morning who seemed to enjoy that kind of thing. And there's a picture in the paper of uh, Rory McIlroy turning Rob Roy as he celebrated the Ryder Cup win by going bare-chested, wearing a red wig and a tartan kilt. So that's the picture that's in all the papers today, plus Dave Lee Travers. Uh, facing prison following complaints his suspended sentence for groping was too soft, found guilty last week of indecent assault, got a three-month jail term, suspended for two years. And I suspect... Uh, even though it's now been returned back to the Attorney General's office, the claims were that it was unduly lenient. I think they're going to go, that's what it would have been at the time. That's that's the way I think they will be looking at it. Uh, the maximum term for indecent assault is 10 years, but that's now. This is historical, and I think you go by the sentencing of that time. You can't, can't do today's sentencing for something that happened 35, 40 years ago. So um, it's been referred... And then we'll uh, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see what happens. But no doubt it uh, it goes on for him. Ali Ross talking about uh, the X Factor, which we've uh, all watched. And uh, and Joe Slater, who wanted it more than anything else in the world. Blah, blah, blah. Same old things every time, isn't it? So what are you going to sing for us today? Desperado. A song that could be the theme tune for the Cho's Six Chair Challenge which was spread out over three endlessly deranged episodes and seemed to work as follows. 
The four judges firmly settle on their final half-dozen singers, at which point the crowd start booing, so they firmly settle on somebody else, at which point the producer throws a hissy fit, so they settle on somebody else, at which point some spoilt little so-and-so takes the hump, and Louis' category goes off like a hyena's so-and-so. And so on and so forth all weekend. It's the most boring programme on the television at the moment. It's got to go. I mean, apart from the fact that poor little Joe Slater couldn't sing for Toffee, and I shouldn't imagine half the panel, apart from Louis Walsh and Simon, had ever heard the song Desperado. It is absolutely atrocious. They need to bring it down to being simple. We're not interested in six chairs and six places. Nobody cares. They really don't care. And it's, uh, it's a, little bit, a little bit tedious, I'm afraid. Uh, what else do we have today? Uh, we also have Great Lies and Delusions. The one shows Alex Jones. You've got to love Hugh Grant in Love Actually, haven't you? And Amanda Holden, we've got the woman with the world's largest bottom on the show. Gosh, she's on maternity leave. <laughs> Love Amanda Holden. Love Amanda Holden. And uh, what else? This is the uh, the BBC Two Big Question of the Week. Is your brain male or female? This feature's on the front page of the Daily Mail today. It's the tests that show if you've got a male or a female brain. How does that work? I mean, I've, I'm, I haven't really got enough time this morning to sort of run into it and sort of make sure that it's it's uh, it's a, a story that you'd want to hear about this morning. I'm more interested in George Osborne launching a fresh assault on the poor by pledging to slash billions off the benefits bill. Now, this is always a hot potato because you get people like White D, who's not worked for 20 years and has happily been taking the... Uh, the, uh, the filthy lucre, no intention of trying to sort herself out medically, just wants to get as much money as possible and be lazy. And as I pointed out to an MP the other week, I said, so these people are going to be on, but not her, but other people, they're going to be on benefits for their entire life. They're never going to do a day's work. Well, that's ridiculous. I mean, I would also be keen on slashing benefits. He's going to char- uh, target child benefit and tax credits, but the worst thing is he's going to tell nurses he's freezing their pay like the people who are at the forefront of dealing with all the fallout from all this mess, and he's thinking of freezing their pay. It's like police officers. We do not have enough police on the streets. I love it when I see loads of police officers walking through Piccadilly Circus in the early hours of the morning because it clears all the filth off the streets, the drunks, the drug dealers, the illegal minicabs who are out there every night. The moment the police appear, whoosh, they're off the streets so fast. You know, I'm surprised they don't just sort of come around, put clamps on them and, uh, and start checking them all out. I've been out with the police on an exercise before in stopping the illegal minicabs. And uh, there's thousands of them. Thousands. You can't believe it. In other cities, they, uh, they don't put up with it. In London, they haven't got enough manpower to actually deal with things like that. It's absolutely atrocious. But every time the police are out there, I always think, thank God for that. I like to see them walking through Leicester Square. I like to think that they've got some presence, because otherwise it can be a pretty dangerous place, London, or any major city in the early hours of the morning. Quarter past six. Morning, everybody. 6.20 is the time. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Let's clear up some more of your uh, texts and uh, emails. The amount of people who are telling me that... Um, that Chelsea might be moving to Twickenham. That could be quite an interesting one, isn't it? Could be interesting. Certainly, I'm, I'm sure there's uh, lots of people who are going to be thrilled. I'm not particularly one of them, but there you go. Uh, Glenn says, I'd like to see you and Christo do on the trail of the Lonesome Pine. <laughs> that is that is quite a... Yes, that would be quite a good... I've already done one, though. Julie Hartley Brewer's done one. We now know that Clive Bull has recorded his. Can't wait to see what that one is. And uh, uh, Angela says, I've had my pay frozen for the past four years as a nurse already. Thank you for raising the awareness and the support, as always. 
I think it's outrageous that people say, we're going to freeze your pay. These are people who save your life. These are people who are there. You know, I, mean, I just don't understand why you would not want to give people a pay increase. It would actually pay nurses not to even bother working, just to go on benefits. Just take White White D's example, just sort of sit there, sit there, sitting two fingers up to it. You can you imagine if the entire country was like her? Oh, blimey. What a dreadful state we would be in. What a dreadful state we'd be in. 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. Write about insulin, making you put on weight. Hell, getting it off again. Yes, it's, I mean, for anybody who's on a diet, it's very difficult. If you are if you are on insulin, it does make you put on weight. I know, obviously, not that much weight, but uh, I'm, I'm sure it's to do with, uh, with you know, food and stuff like that. What you need, I've said, it, it would always be great if you could have somebody in to cook your food and say, that's what you're eating for breakfast. You know, we'd all... I saw Somebody sent me a lovely picture the other day of a fried breakfast. It looked very appealing, but even I can watch the Food Network... And watch this guy who goes round America eating these huge hamburgers and they slice this brisket and they do that. And I'm not surprised that the Americans are absolutely enormous because their size portions are horrendous. Compared to over here, we look as though we're eating for mice. In America, they were making this burger and it was, uh, first of all, they smeared this garlic paste on the bottom of the bun. Then they put the burger on. Then they put some cheese on and then they grated this pork over the top of it which was thinly sliced had been maturing for a few days in brine or something like that then they put some gherkins on the top then some more cheese and then they put the top of the bun on and I looked at it and I thought I feel ill even watching I felt guilty that I was watching I remember ordering a sandwich in Las Vegas ages and ages ago and this thing arrived you could have fed a family of four Seriously, their portions are so huge in America. You wonder why there's an epidemic and why they've got loads of programmes on the telly teaching you how to be thin, how to work out, how to do this. If, if, you know, some people do it in this country. Some people are very good at going to the gym in the morning before they go to work, going for a run. Charlie, from our showbiz department, has, I mean, she runs here. Every time we've been to a screening, we, we practically do power walking on the way. I'm exhausted. I can have a heart attack. I keep saying to her, we need to slow down a bit. I can't walk as far. She thinks this is quite normal. She's pounding the streets. I can't do it. I can't do it. Perhaps I should. Perhaps I should. Perhaps I need to bring myself up to speed. So let me tell you on the front pages of the papers for this morning. Day three of the Conservative Party conference. Nick Ferrari will be coming live from there. Front of the mirror, uh, Osborne. I'll rob 10 million families of £480. Now, because I believe there are a lot of people who play the system. I believe there's a lot. You know, we want to make sure that we don't affect people who genuinely need benefits to get them through life. But, I mean, I'm, I'm not accepting a lot of people like White D. I'm really not. You know, I'm terrible. You're depressed. Well, you better find something else to do then, hadn't you? I'm not really... I don't know why we hand money out willy-nilly to people. So we all get a bit down or something like that. There must be something you can do. No good just sitting back on your fat bottom and doing nothing at all. So we want to make sure that we can weed out the cheats. We find them almost every week in the newspapers. So that's on the front page of the Mirror. Plus, uh, Michael, who is Linda Bellingham's husband, saying the good Lord's going to take her. It'll leave such a hole in my life. Yes, I mean, there is, what they're facing up to is, is the end. There is, there is nothing else. And, you know, we all hope and pray that she gets through Christmas. Like everybody else who's in a similar situation to Linda Bellingham, people who are going through this and children who are going through it, and their families as well are having to come to terms with the fact that there is an inevitability. It's, it's, so, it's so final. There's, you know, you don't come back again. It depends what you believe. It depends what your beliefs are, I suppose. But uh, either way, at the moment, she's, she's clinging on 
in there. She wasn't well enough to speak to Luce women yesterday on the phone, and I suspect she probably might not be, because it's one thing to have a picture taken, it's another thing to summon up the energy. She was having chemo the other day, and she's going to stop that, I think, in November, and then uh, we wait and see how it takes its course. She thinks she's going to see through Christmas, and then she's just, at the end of January, just going to close her eyes and go to sleep. And I hope it's as uh, as good as that, because she's given us so much pleasure through the television programmes. But I think, as I said earlier on, she speaks for every single person who is going through that uh, that dreadful illness. Uh, t- the test that shows if you've got a male or female brain is in the Daily Mail today. I haven't even looked at it, to be quite honest with you. I've got no idea. Is this when they say people are in touch with their feminine side? Because I don't know whether or not I'm in touch with my feminine side or not. Uh, the exclusive to the male is Asher's parents, our story. The police chief said we were a threat to our little boy. They made so many mistakes, didn't they? The police and the hospital. Uh, the Metro today, smart cards to keep benefits for essentials. This is to stop claimants using their money to gamble or buy booze or cigarettes under Tory plans. They would be unable to draw out cash on the prepaid cards and see transactions automatically stopped if they tried to buy anything but essentials. That's a good idea, isn't it? Nothing worked. Well, who is that? There's an unemployed man on the bus the other day with a £50 note. A £50 note on the bus. I'm sure they don't get paid in £50 notes. Uh, the Express today, your four-page pullout is uh, is Elvis is dead. He died August the 7th, I seem to remember. Uh, the mystery, as the actress from Coronation Street plays Deirdre Barlow and Kirk Bride is taking time off. They're getting a little bit worried about uh, about that, saying, why does she need to take... She says she's exhausted and she needs to take some time off. If there's anything more sinister, I've not read into it. The Daily Telegraph, uh, the four-day wedding, and now here they are, four days of partying and gala dinners and uh, Venice and Wonderful. That's George Clooney and Amal. So now she's married. Hundreds of tourists and Venetians cheered them. Because let's face it, he's instantly recognisable. So they're obviously enjoying that little bit of fame. Times today, the front page, a model at Stella McCartney's show. Uh, the designer said she wanted to celebrate the fragility of women. They do come up with some guff, don't they, these people? Cameron tells GPs to work at weekends, like they're not overstretched at the moment. And uh, George Osborne delivering his speech to Conservative Party conference yesterday is the front page of The Independent. I'm back tomorrow morning from 4am. Don't forget you can listen to LBC whenever and wherever you like. You can download the LBC app or there's TuneIn Radio 2. If you missed any of today's show... There's our podcast service, and uh, I have a free podcast up for you before seven, and then the remainder of the programme is there as well. And don't forget, I want to see you all faking some noise to make some noise too. And don't forget the 9th of October, which is the date for the diary, the 9th of October. Coming up at seven, Nick Ferrari is live at Conservative Party Conference uh, with all the team and Andrew Pierce looking at the papers. But right now, it's Lisa Aziz.